everyone. I'm Gary Nall. This is going to be an empowering hour. You see, I don't start my program considering that I'm going to share an ideology or religious, sexual, or political orientation with anyone. I believe that all people have value and therefore share information that can empower them if you find the information is of value, if it's reasonable. If you feel it's not, don't use it. But I share so much information that you're going to find something that can allow you to live a longer, healthier, and happier life. And I remember back at the beginning of my career, there were very few vegans. And those that were vegans were considered too extreme. They didn't look healthy. And indeed, I was invited to a vegan retreat. I'm only 22 years old, but I've got a book. I'm on national television. And so they invited me. And I'm guessing that the average age was 70. They were all nice people. And it was upstate New York at an old, run-down former resort that had seen its good days in the 1930s through the 60s. Well, they thought it was just wonderful to talk about uh, how they were no longer constipated. And I won't get into that. Um, but it was a real focus for them. They were all just skinny as a bean and beanstalk, and, and they had no muscle mass. Now, I was an athlete, and I was used to being around people that was considered healthy if you had good muscles, more athletic, had strength and stamina and endurance. These people had none of the above. But they did have a lot of knowledge in areas I had none. I was a functional illiterate when it came to veganism. So they would make a uh, what they called a meatloaf pate. And I remember in, being in the kitchen watching and they were using uh, stream beans and walnuts and cashews and some other things and herbs. And it just had a terrible taste. But I want to be polite. And uh, and I was wondering, how can I spit this out without anyone seeing it? <laughs> I, I, and also, they weren't necessarily into hygiene because I didn't see anybody washing anything. Well, it's natural. It's natural. It's organic. You know, it came right out of our garden. Yeah, but look at your hands. You could plant a garden underneath your fingernails. It's just total dirt. But uh, obviously their body had adapted to those particular microorganisms. Mine hadn't. So I wanted things washed. And so I was there in the kitchen and I just told them that I was going to do a race the next day, which was true. Um, so I was kind of fasting that day, but I was really enjoying the preparation and the smell. At the end of that, they talk about longevity. And what was of interest and this is an important message for everyone. They all knew that based upon that time, they are already worth their life expectancy. But they were, they were rejoicing in life. No one feared death because they hadn't feared life. These people were very grounded in who they were, what their mission was. And they talked about their life and what they had done, mistakes made, but also lessons learned, how that helped them. And I ask, why did you invite me? I mean, there's a 50-year difference in our age here. <clears throat> they said, because the media pays no attention to us. None of us are the attractive type or bodybuilders or celebrities that would be on the cover of a magazine. We're lucky if we have a lecture to get 10 people to attend. And we heard that you had a lecture with thousands. So, you're the future. 
and we just wanted to see if you were interested in to learning some things about nature and herbs. And I said, of course I am. And I feel it's a great opportunity, and I thank you for that. And then I, on, on my way home, and they taught me so many things. It was just overwhelming how much information they shared. Going through a garden and seeing things that were edible that I would have thought were weeds. And then talking about the different herbs and the mushrooms. And so they lived an extremely healthy life. They went for long walks. They did a lot of reading. All of them spoke multiple languages. One woman spoke nine languages and wrote. And they were all familiar with the classics. And so it was a very wonderful experience for someone who is young and naive, such as myself. And then I thought, let me look into this. And then I started to realize there was no one young in the whole health field. I mean, I was invited to be a speaker at the National uh, Health Federation Annual Conference held at the Coliseum. At that time, it was at Columbus Circle. And I went in, the, went in the back door where all the people were waiting, and the place was packed. It was a who's who of everyone who had been important in the health movement for the past 30 years. Carlton Fredericks, Adele Davis, Lilor Cardell, Catherine Elwood, um, they were all there. And two things stuck out. They were all unhealthy. The room was just filled with smoke. And they were drinking. There was a bar open. They were all the hard alcohols. And they had little pig sausages, you know, with the toothpicks in them. <laughs> there was no healthy food to eat. And just the nicest person. And he only died a couple of years ago, I guess in his mid-90s. Uh, Clinton Miller was the head of the National Health Federation. And he fought the good fight protect our freedoms of choice for decades. In any case, he said, Gary, you're going to go on last. Uh, and I said, that's fine. He said, but I give you a chance to see everything before you. Listen to what they're saying to their audiences. So when they started to talk, I looked out on this from the back of the stage and I could see everyone in that had white hair. There was not a non-white hair person in the audience. And they were just captivated. And one of the speakers was out there smoking a cigarette and drinking coffee at the same time while he was doing his talk. And I'm thinking, you've got a guy who's morbidly obese, must weigh 400 pounds, talking about weight loss, who has walked out with a cane in each hand because he had arthritis and he's bald-headed. And he's talking about, after my lecture, I'll come back and I'll show you how to grow hair with my new book, overcome arthritis with my new book, and lose weight with my new book. And I'm thinking, my God, this guy... This guy, there's a cognitive disconnect here. Didn't matter. The people were enamored by the people that they had been following for decades. That taught me a lesson. So when it came my turn to go out, um, people seemed uninterested. So I said, Clinton, what would you suggest to this audience? This is not my radio audience, but to this audience, what do you think they'd be interested in? He said, well, talk about something they can relate to. They're not going to relate to meditation, yoga, none of this new agey stuff. They're not going to be into spirituality, none of that stuff. They're not going to be into taking all the supplements, not that. And uh, how about talking about food combining? Okay, so I'm not going to talk about food combining. At least they didn't all leave. But afterwards, no one came over. And so it was an interesting concept. So I told Clinton, I said, Clinton, there's no other field in America, no other profession that I'm aware of not in football, basketball, baseball, and teaching where you have just older people 
what was the process of preparing another generation to take their place? He said, these people thought they were mortal. And quite frankly, they're selfish. Everything that you heard out there today was because they were selling some product or following some diet that they were paid to tell people to follow. He said, you're the first person. That's why I invited you. So don't make health a single topic. Bring everything into it. And I did. So it was a very valuable but humbling lesson. And from that day till now, I try to make everything comprehensive. And what a person chooses to select from it is up to them. So one of the very first things I did was show that you didn't have to fear being a vegan. The food didn't have to be boring. And it was boring. Oh, my goodness. If you went into any of the vegan restaurants, they would give you a piece of this bread that was as hard as a brick and about as tasteless with some miso spread you put on it, some brown rice with an oat sauce, some vegetables steamed, seaweed steamed, all, all healthy, by the way, and uh, very macrobiotic, healthy but not interesting, and uh, and some beans. And people thought that was just the ooh-ah. And that's what motivated me that same year to open the first vegan gourmet restaurant in America, Fertile Earth, up on 108th and Broadway. In any case, I tried to make dishes interesting. I tried to make selecting food interesting and showed how much money you could save. In fact, I published an article showing you could save at least 35 to 40% of your whole food bill if you bought healthier vegan plant-based foods. Healthier for your body, healthier for your wallet. Well, jump ahead to today. Cambridge University just came out with a study showing that in countries such as the United States and the United Kingdom, Australia and across all of Western Europe, about 27 countries, Adopting a vegan or vegetarian or flexitarian diet uh, could slash your food bill by up to one-third. Now, mind you, I did this 50 years ago and been teaching this ever since. They just finally got the message 50 years late. But good. They're Oxford University. They'll get this out. And this was published in the British Medical Journal, The Lancet. And... Uh, so now they're saying, if you look at 150 countries, you could have a more sustainable, healthier diet by going vegan. So finally, a half century later, we have the truth from the official sources. Now, another good study coming out of Suez Canal University, who knew there was such a place in Egypt, uh, talked about, and also Zhang Zig University, shows that when they looked at a meta-analysis, that means looking at many different studies, they found that resveratrol, R-E-S-V-E-R-A-T-R-O-L, that's a very important nutrient, can modulate glycemic control in diabetics and pre-diabetics. That's a big deal. My goodness. I'm working with a whole group of people right now who have diabetes. They have neuropathy. One had gangrene. Uh, one... Uh, got so out of control, the fasting level was 500 after a meal. They had to have a nurse come in twice a week to give him two types of insulin. Why? Because he took for granted that all those shortcuts he was taking with his diet wouldn't matter. It matters. For the umpteenth time, every choice you have in life, positive or negative, is cumulative, meaning 
it will pay off constructively or it will pay down destructively. Sooner or later, there's a tipping point. And once you tip, that's suddenly when we have our attention raised. Oh, what happened? What, what, what My blood sugar, what happened? Are you feeding your pancreas? Are you trying to control the glycemic or your blood sugar index? Well, you know, no. Are you taking a walk after a meal if you're diabetic or pre-diabetic for a half hour to help modulate that spike in blood sugar so you don't spike? Which is going to destroy your eyes. It'll lead to macular degeneration. No. Okay. So when you look at a meta-analysis, M-E-T-A, they're looking at many different studies to see what they find in common. And this was published in a Medicina, Medicina a Clinica in Barcelona, and it revealed an association between supplementing with resveratrol and improvements in your glycemic control. Now, you can eat blueberries, and that's good. That's a good source. Or you can eat grapes, a better source. But if you want a better glycemic index, which will be better for your cardio metabolic parameters to help prevent not just type 2 diabetes, but heart disease and high blood pressure, then just take 500 milligrams. Now, I go above that, but to go above that, have a health counselor, nutritionist, dietitian, someone who's familiar with the biochemistry, who's expert in it, who can guide in what you will need for your own individual requirements. But it makes a big difference. And for anti-aging, yeah, up that amount. Now, from Kaiser Permanente Research Center, they do good work out there. They found that exercise is linked to better mental health. This is the second study I've discussed this week on this. And what they found is that those who exercise more during the lockdown ended up having less anxiety and less depression than those who didn't exercise. It also showed that people who spent more time outdoors typically experience lower levels of anxiety and depression than those who stayed inside. But prior to COVID, we already were discussing green time means a lot. Getting outside. Now, we can all make excuses why we don't bring balance into our life. I'm certainly a person who could uh, show that a lack of balance makes... Uh, forces you to make some sacrifices in life. Is it a relationship? I've actually given up some relationships that I wished I hadn't have in retrospect because I could not devote the time that the relationship necessitated. Because what's the point of being in a relationship if you can't really relate and enjoy and share with the person that has honored you? And I consider when anyone wants to be in your life, that's an honor. You know, they could walk right by. They could say no. So when someone says, yes, I'd like to be in your life, what a wonderful opportunity. Are we ready for that opportunity? Are we imbalanced in our own life? Can we see the importance of adding that? Because I can tell you that having a high-quality relationship is one of the metrics for living a longer and happier life. The excitement, the exploring, the newness of life, being able to share responsibilities together, being able to work out together, being able to be quiet together, to laugh together. In fact, that's one of the reasons I'm doing a lecture this Sunday. You can see it. If we're not filled, uh, go to GaryNall.com and you'll see my lecture on overcoming 
loneliness, depression, and anxiety, fear, and uncertainty, and insecurity. I'm dealing with all those because I get that every single day, seven days a week, every day of the year, for decades. So instead of helping a person with the symptom out here, I try to help them at the underlying cause here. And when I help them at this level to be aware of the relationship between values and beliefs and and rituals and conditioning and epigenetics, then suddenly when they make the change and they open new doors and suddenly there's an enlightenment, there's the, the, the joy of living, the meaningfulness of this moment instead of the angst of what they cannot control. It's this Sunday at one o'clock. And uh, so you can, and I even asked today, I said uh, to the person who's going to be coordinating it, I said, send out an email today and again tomorrow informing people who may not be technical savvy how to do it step by step and then have a call number or something in case someone doesn't. Because for all my webinars, there's always that moment where someone says, I can't get on. So we're even putting that into the equation. But <clears throat> being able to get outside, being able to have time with nature, being able to go for walks in nature is going to make us less depressed and less anxious and more grounded, being present for the moment. And part of being present is being present for our relationships and bring the relationship into our life, which means then we have to take something as created an imbalance and re-examine that and say, are the responsibilities now this passage in my life that I can say goodbye to so that I can have time, more time for me? for my health, for going to shopping, preparing food, juicing, creating intellectual discourse, sharing ideas, being challenged, challenging. This is all part of living, being spiritual, going out of my way, all of us going out of our way each day to see, can we help someone who is less fortunate this moment than ourselves? Because you're never less for doing more for others. And you're never more for doing less for others. And yet we seem, some people, only some people, seem to be so preoccupied with having more for themselves, they forget about giving the gift that they have to others. Sometimes it's just amazing that how those who have so little are always the first. Let me give you two examples. <clears throat> Real examples. After Hurricane Katrina, who was down there really helping the people, especially in the Lower Ninth Ward? It was the middle class, working middle class. It was the people that nobody would ever invite to anything if you're an elitist. And yet these are the people who took their little motorboats out, who waded through water up to their chest, toxic water, to help others, strangers. Same way after the hurricane two and a half years ago down in Houston, left five foot of water. Who was in the water? Toxic water that could have harmed them and destroyed their immune systems because it was all these toxins from the plants. Just regular middle-class working people. How about the people up in the tall towers, safe and protected, who had generators on the roof and had electricity and water? No. No, you never see them 
Well, what about the professors and the lawyers and the engineers and the Supreme Court justices and the state Supreme Court justices and the mayors? Uh, surely they would go out and get in the water. No, no. They'll be there for a press conference, but everyone else does the work. And we're the everyone else. So when you realize that you have the power to help other people, that's honoring your spiritual energy. And that's always good. So just let you know that we got to exercise all of our faculties, our intellect, our, our empathy, our body every day. Also, finally, from the University of Exeter, which is also in the United Kingdom, bedtime is linked to heart health. What do I mean? Listen carefully to this, especially those of you who live nightlifes. Going to sleep between 10 and 11 p.m. is associated with a lower risk of developing heart disease compared to earlier or later bedtimes. That's according to a study just published in the European Heart Journal. That's very important. And that was part of the European Society of Cardiology. And they're saying that that causation can be associated from this study. So for those of you who push that and stay up late, not good, because you can't make up sleep. It's one of the things you, you either get or you lose it. And not having a good night's sleep impacts your immune system and your emotions. One more here from the National Taiwan University. Garlic can boost your cardiovascular health directly because when you have garlic, ideally, you can lightly saute garlic and put it in a sauce, put it in rice, stuff it in baked potatoes with shiitake mushrooms sauteed, nice seasonings. And then you can go cold, uh, cold to, the, uh, to the garlic, meaning you just take some out of the fridge, take some garlic juice and about a tablespoon and drink it down. That'll kill microorganisms in your throat. That'll really do a lot of good. In fact, every time I come back from a public appearance, I make sure that I, before the appearance, I make sure that I have my little ionizer on, sometimes two. Nobody pays attention. They're black, and they can't. I wear a black shirt, so you, they blend in. I don't want people to look and say, well, what's that? What do you got around? I don't want that to detract from the discussion. But also... Um, I use a mouthwash that is a very harsh mouthwash for bacteria. It kills them, <clears throat> but it kills anything else you may come in contact with. So it's good. And then, but when I come back home, I always take colloidal silver, one one dropper full, and one tablespoon of liquid garlic. Wash it around, swallow it down, and then chase that down with a quarter teaspoon of manuka honey, letting it dissolve in the back of the mouth. That kills everything. And then spray some colloidal silver in your nostrils. You're good to go. Of course, you take your nutrients, zinc, 20 milligrams, vitamin D3, 5,000 to 10,000 units, and then vitamin C, 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams, quercetin, 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams, and uh, magnesium, 1,000 milligrams, cayenne, uh, one capsule, generally around 40 to 50,000 heat units, and potassium, about 300 milligrams of potassium, and vitamin E, 800 units. Now, why? A lot of that is immune enhancing. It increases circulation, thins out the blood, less likely to have a stroke overnight. When a lot of strokes occur around three, four o'clock in the morning, 
and you want your blood thin. Just that advice alone, just what I just shared with you, if every American did that, I'm guesstimating we could reduce night strokes by about 50%. Yeah? Because think of what people do otherwise. It's relatively simple. They will eat something. Think of what they eat now. Pizzas, hamburgers, some kind of garbage at night, ice cream. And then they go to bed. Well, when you go to bed, your metabolism slows down. Your circulation slows down with that metabolism. Heartbeat slows down. But now, take a look under a microscope at your blood after you've had fatty meal. That palm oil, arachidonic acid, it thickens. Now your blood platelets begin to clump together. That's where you get your strokes. So by having your blood thinned and having the vitamin E thinning of the blood, oxygenating the blood, vitamin C, quercetin, coenzyme Q10, 300 milligrams, magnesium for your heart, L-carnitine, 1,000 milligrams for your heart, the Energizer, cayenne, all this is helping prevent nighttime stroke. And also the other things like garlic and manuka honey, and colloidal silver, killing microorganisms you may come in contact with. Prevention. How simple is it? None of this is expensive. None of this is, and all of this is backed upon good peer-reviewed science. So anyhow, there's a substance in garlic. It's called allicin, A-L-L-I-C-I-N. And it can prevent the metabolism, meaning I'm going to absorb L-carnitine or choline, uh, a compound linked to an increase risk of cardiovascular disease, it can prevent that from happening. It's been known to be generated from dietary carnitine through metabolism of the gut microbiota. It was recently reported to be an important gut microbiota-dependent metabolite. So just make sure that you're getting your garlic. It can help a lot in ways that most people are not aware. Now, that's the latest on health and healing. However, there's other news. Let's go directly to it. First and foremost, all that I am doing is reporting what the actual independent, highly respected peer-reviewed literature has to show concerning what we're doing about mandating vaccines. Now, I'm pro-vaccine, but this is not an actual vaccine. It's a biological DNA an RNA uh, element, more RNA in this case, but impacting the DNA. And therefore, it's an experiment. And the experiment is not over. It'll take at least another three years before we can actually look and say, this was good, or this was not good. And right now, this information coming out from whistleblowers and from about 30% of the entire medical community working in critical care that are not taking the vaccines is because they've seen the results, or the scientists who are reading the results, or consumer activists or educated people who tend to be able to read results and understand them. Whoa, I'll take your vaccine once you've been shown that it's safe and effective. I don't want to be the guinea pigs. You passed, you went right over the animal studies, right into humans. So we're the animals. So for example, we're right now looking at all the pregnant women 
who were not allowed to be in the studies. They were excluded. Children, excluded. All right? People with cancer, excluded. Heart disease, excluded. And yet now, once the study is over, the very people who said you didn't want in the study, wouldn't allow in the study, you give it to them. You mandate it. That is, that is fraud. That is a crime against humanity. Here's the latest. And I want to thank Brian Shilhavy of the editor of Health Impact News for the outstanding research they do. And you can, you should, uh, you should download Health Impact News for yourself. But the latest is that there's 2,433 dead babies based on the vaccine adverse event reporting system. And another study shows that the RNA shots are not safe for pregnant women. So the very women who are being told, get your pregnancy shots, now the studies are showing, but you shouldn't get the shots. But the profit-making industries and the government that they control say, get the shots. We need the money. We need the exit profits. Well, what are you going to do? The media is on the side of who pays their bills. And all those advertisements on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, who pays their salaries? Obscene salaries. People who live in ivory towers, the elitist, who never have to wait in line, who always have that private table at every five-star restaurant. Yeah, those are the people who talk to you as if they're one of you and care about you. They don't care about you. They care about themselves. So they're going to tell you if you're pregnant, of course it's safe. Don't listen to the quacks and nut jobs out there telling you not to get it. This will protect you. No, they haven't read the literature. The literature shows 2,433 dead babies and the mothers took the vaccines. Mind you, the vast majority of these have been from the Pfizer shot, 1,862 deaths, and the Moderna shot, 656 deaths. There have been more fetal deaths in the past 11 months following COVID vaccines than there have been over the past 30 plus years following all vaccines combined. How do we know? We look for the data. How many total died? 2,198 historically. How many have just died? uh, The the babies we're talking about. 2,433 in just the last, you know, couple months. Last month, the New England Journal of Medicine admitted that the original study used to justify the CDC and FDA's recommending the shots to pregnant women was flawed. Since then, researchers in New Zealand have conducted a new study on the original data and concluded that These figures indicate a, quote, cumulative incidence of spontaneous abortion ranging from, listen, 82% to 91%, quote, eight times higher, that's 800% higher than the original authors. And yet the CDC and the FDA still continued to recommend the shots for pregnant women, even though a correct analysis on the original data shows 82% to 91% of pregnant women will suffer miscarriages if their unborn child is less than 20 weeks old. And just go to the vaccine, the government's own CDC's vaccine adverse event reporting system. Read it for yourself. It is a passive system that is severely underreported. 
and the CDC and the FDA have never conducted a study to determine what this underreporting factor is. But independent scientists have, and we have previously published the analysis conducted by Jess Dr. Jessica Rose, who was on this program about a month ago, who has determined that the conservative, very conservative, underreported factor would be about times 41. So the government's own data reveals that at least 150,000 probably dead in the United States following COVID-19 vaccines. This means that there have been probably at least 99,753 fetal deaths, fetal deaths, following COVID-19 injections so far. That's genocide. And there's a video that explains all this. So we're giving you facts, all right? Just the facts. But again, the media will then give you their opinion. And in today's world, opinion generally counts for more than truth. Also from John Hopkins University, Oxford University, and uh, the Global Infectious Disease Ethics Collaboration, also Wagenian University in the Netherlands, University of Oxford, they all got together and they looked at the ethical analysis of vaccinating children against COVID, the benefits, the risks, and the issues of global health quality. What they find? And they argue in the abstract, quote, we argue that it is currently Unclear whether routine COVID vaccinations for healthy children is ethically justified in most contexts, given the minimal direct benefit that COVID-19 vaccine provides to children. The potential of rare risks to outweigh these benefits and undermine vaccine confidence and substantial evidence that COVID vaccination confers adequate protection to risk groups such as older adults without the need to vaccinate children. We conclude that child COVID vaccination in wealthier countries before adults in poor countries were wise ethically and acceptable and consider how policy uh, deliberations might evolve in light of future developments. So, and by the way, these are all hyper pro vaccine, pro big pharma institutions because they receive a lot of money from them. And they're even saying, don't give it to healthy children you're going to have more children die from carditis and other infections and inflammation of the heart, which doesn't go away, than benefit from being protected. Their natural immune system benefits them. So, just letting you know, it's just a profit stream. And finally, I want to go into something in more in depth. <clears throat> and I want to thank Jennifer Devine of Counterpunch, who just wrote a brilliant piece uh, just this week. And it's called Driving Global Deforestation, Original uh, Organized Crime, Beef, Soy, Palm Oil, and Wood Products. Now, why am I going to share this with you? Because it shows all of us that we can think, okay, global warming is real. Okay, we accept that. Most people do. Most reasonable and responsible people do. But let's not accept extremism, meaning the whole world's going to go to hell and die. We're all going to die in 10 years. Remember, it was two years ago they said it. 12 years, now it's 10 years. That's simply not the case. And it, it, you don't help anyone 
by engaging in hyperbole and fear-mongering. And that doesn't work. But, as I've explained over the last 15 years, and I've done four documentaries and over 35 main articles, a whole book, Saving the Planet One Bite at a Time, 700 pages, that the planet is no longer sustainable in a lot of areas. And long ago, the government should have been relocating people out of their areas that are non-sustainable to more sustainable. This should have been a worldwide effort, a Marshall Plan for the Planet. We've done nothing, nothing at all. To the contrary, we just keep increasing development, increasing building, increasing coal power plants, nuclear plants, which are not safe, and putting money into green projects like solar or wind. Now, my whole house here is solar. I was the first one in the city to have 100% solar. I'm off the grid. I have water wells that I dug and purification system, 500-gallon reverse osmosis. Now, I have an organic garden and greenhouse. You know, I grow my own food. You know, I bring water up. And I even as, even though I have multiple wells and unlimited water, I still go by the principle of take no more than a three-minute shower you know, and be conscious of my expenditure. All of us could do that. We could do a lot more than what we're doing. But the number one thing you can do is give up meat in any form because it's a major producer of global warming because methane is far, far more deadly to the planet's ecosystem of heat generation than is carbon dioxide. But in any case, what we have to understand is we have to make a choice. Yet you look in the back seat, someone actually went over and took a picture in the back of Greta Thunberg's uh, car, and here's all this junk food. Then they had a picture of her sitting in a, on a train uh, in like a, on the floor, but her actual compartment was just filled with junk food and plastic and all this. The games that we're being played upon by different groups who want money and control and power. But what is actually being done to plant a billion new trees a year? Some countries are making an effort. Individuals are making an effort. In the United States, we're doing nothing. Great Britain, nothing. France, nothing. Germany, nothing. Nothing. Other things get the get the money, get the attention. How many corporations are we saying, you've got five years and we will help you so you don't lose stock, uh, stock uh, shareholder value? So we're going to come in there and we're going to take what you're doing and we're going to make it sustainable. We should have that. We're not doing that either. It's just the people who are polluting who have the big money, like the Koch brothers, for example, and Walmart and China, uh, nothing's being done because they have the lobbyists. They control the legislators. That's why it's important we pay attention because there are, right now there are so many extreme weather events that it's going to be the new normal. And we're going to run out of places for people to be. How many in the United States are at risk of not being able to sustain a life, a quality of life where they're living? Over 60 million. 60 million. That's one-seventh of the entire American population. Now, shouldn't their governments be showing them how to move and help them move to more sustainable area of America? Yeah, but they're not going to do that. No one's going to do that because then there goes your value of your land, collapses, 
real estate uh, property taxes collapse. Local um, money for roads and schools collapse. It would create massive economic chaos. So we just keep pretending that, okay, this year was the worst fire year in history, but there's less to burn down because so many fires have burned so much down. No, there's still plenty to burn down, and it'll continue. Everything is being done politically, ideologically, without a concern for you. So that's why this article is so important. And this is according to Jennifer Devine. Every year, the world loses an estimated 25 million acres. That's 10 million hectares, by the way. A forest, let me put that in perspective, that's an area larger than the entire state of Indiana. Nearly all of it is in the tropics. And based upon the research that Jennifer Devine did, and looking at social and environmental issues in Latin America, there are four consumer goods that are responsible for the majority of global deforestation. And that's why we come in. So we're taking her information that others have done, but hers is the most current. And beef, stop eating beef. Now, if you were here in Florida at the Animal Sanctuary, you would have seen, I found a loving home for life, that's my goal, not to keep any animal, but to find them a home, a sanctuary, where they'll be able to live their life out and never be abused again. A lot of the animals are neglected or abused. I get starving animals here. And uh, I got a call, and it was a uh, Friday, and a person says, Gary, uh, you don't know me, um, but a uh, call came through my New York office, but I listen to your radio show, and a neighbor of mine has two zebu cows. Now, zebu cow is a special breed cow. It's tiny. If you're watching this right now, it would come up to my waist. Now, they're kind of broad, but they're short, very loving. And there's two sisters, and the, the farmer's going to take them to market tomorrow and auction them off. And they'll get about a dollar a pound, and they weigh about 400 pounds. So he'll get about $800. And I've seen these cows, and they're just wonderful. And uh, can you take them? I said, okay, sure. But I had to buy them, all right? And that's what I never tell people how much. 5000 for that, 3000 for that. Be, they just don't, you know, some animals, yes, but they'll leave them at a gate, you know, sometimes with nothing, no message. Other times, I'm sorry, this came from my mom. My mom is 70 years old and can no longer take care of this bird. And the bird has no feathers and it's, it's got a cough. And Okay, so then you got to take it to the vet. you got to see what it's going on inside. But that's part of what comes with this. But the joy is a year later when that's full of feathers and is happy and singing and, um, and wants to kiss everybody. Then you see the joy of that and you find him a home for life. So I, I had to drive up there. Take the, take the animal van and bring them back. And they were just beyond loving. You would sit down. They'd come right over and just sit right beside you. Put their heads on your lap and you'd pet them. They'd just give you a lick in your face. It took me seven years to finally find a home. Because a lot of people lie. A lot of people give you beautiful homes with animals. <clears throat> Those aren't real. They're actually breeders who are looking to get that animal that will be donated to them. And uh, then they just breed them nonstop. 
So I have to physically go to a place and see that it's legitimate and they're going to give them the right foods. I insist upon certain diet and I give them my protocols so that the animal could live twice the lifespan. So I finally found him a home after seven years. But could you imagine when people, friends and family and others drop by and they go over to pet that and suddenly you see they're hugging, they're hugging the cow. They don't want to leave, right? Um, now, imagine the same person going in and having a hamburger or a steak. That could have been their hamburger or steak. So we got to understand all of these creatures that you're eating, they're sentient. There's a spirit behind it. Now, working every day, seven days a week, up in the morning, cleaning their stalls, cleaning their cages, feeding them, making special meals for what they need, putting them to bed at night, clean, you know, making sure they're safe and warm or cool, depending upon the temperature. You see that they can respond. They do respond. So why in the world would you treat a cow with less love and respect than you treat your dog or cat? Because you know when that dog is looking at you, it's, it's reading you, it's understanding you, has a sixth sense. So just for everyone, try to get beyond, but I like my, of course you like it, You've grown up with it. We've been conditioned to like the foods that are unhealthy and that are polluting the planet. So it's time that we became wiser, more determined, more discipline and say no to meat. So that's one thing she tells us about. Then soy is another. Now there's organic soy. That's a separate issue. And that's grown all over Japan and China. But now they want genetically engineered soy to feed to their pigs. And that's what they tear down, just huge amounts of the rainforest. Huge, unfathomable amounts. So now there's the desertification of the lungs of the planet, the great rainforest. Then they want palm oil. So just look, are your potato chips or pretzels or foods that you're buying, are they made with palm oil? If they are, don't buy it. And also then there's the wood pulp and paper products. And just be conscious that the wood pulp and paper products, the palm oil, the soy, and the beef, that's what's causing the mass majority of this uh, destruction of our environment. So together, these commodities are are responsible for the loss of nearly 12 million acres annually. And there's also a fifth, a less publicized key driver, organized crime, including illegal drug trafficking. The dominant role of beef and another major product that promotes deforestation and is you could have a hundred different pieces of cattle into a hamburger. So give it up. All right? And let's save the planet. That's something we can do. That's on us. And that's the latest on health and healing. Uh, just a uh, just an announcement that this Sunday at 1 o'clock, I'll be doing a special a webinar. Go to GaryAndAll.com. If... If you feel that loneliness, depression, anxiety, fear, insecurity are adversely affecting you, because I'm going to give solutions to all that. And then I'm going to show a film. 
on overcoming depression and anxiety. I think you'll find it's an hour long. How long is my webinar? I never put a time limit on it. My last one was eight hours. The one before that was seven hours. Uh, but this is probably, I'm going to guess, around three to four hours. All right? For those who need it, there's a solution. Now, I also mentioned that uh, organized crime, but I didn't complete my statement there. When you look at uh, how organized crime, or what are called the traffickers, they're illegally logging hardwoods so people can have their hardwood furniture, hardwood floors. Where do you think that comes from? And that's a problem. Also, they raise cattle in protected areas in Central America to launder money in claim drug smuggling territory. And other scholars estimate that 30 to 60% of deforestation in the region is narco deforestation. Because who's going to say no to the narco terrorists? You know, you'll get yourself killed. And the governments aren't doing anything about it, especially in, in uh, Argentina and in Brazil and Colombia. So forest trends analyst exports tied to illegal deforestation are worth $61 billion a year and are responsible for 25% of the total global tropical deforestation. So just be conscious where things come from. Also, next week, I'm going to deal in depth with the 40 billion tons of CO2 that will be released from the Permian Basin fracking in Texas. And we have to say that this cannot be done. So we're going to give you all the information you need on that so you can become, if you know, just do what you can. Also, I'm going to uh, have Whitney Webb discuss the takeover of nature uh, with launching of new asset class. I'll get into that in some depth where they're going to virtually use Wall Street and its enormous wealth uh, to look at it, what is called a natural asset company, or NAC. The vehicle will allow for the formation of specialized corporations and uh, that hold the rights to the ecosystem services produced on a given chunk of land, services like carbon sequestering and clean water. So they're going to control our water, they're going to control the forest, and all in the name of greening. So we're just going to pull back the veil and show you the truth of all these uh, things that are occurring. And that'll be next week. But I also want to take a moment here to show a couple things. First, I mentioned that I'm going to be discontinuing uh, a popular vitamin C, a supremacy, the one I use. It's not the most popular one that we actually offer the public. That one is a pineapple powder uh, and then the strawberry chewables. But this one is uh, this one is is terrific. It's capsules. It gives you the highest potency vitamin C, about 2,100 milligrams per serving. And uh, it's the uh, Supremacy Advanced Capsules. When they're out there, when they're gone, they're gone. Because I have a brand new vitamin C with the final ingredients after 12 months, 12 months, it took to get it into the country, one particular item. Now, I won't go into what it is and what makes it, what will make it the most unique vitamin C in history. But uh, I can't have five different supremacies, so I had to eliminate one. 
because in order not to have it happen again where I run out of it, I had to order, you know, huge supply. And that, I have to pay for that. So as a small little company, uh, I made that choice. So anyhow, if you want supremacy capsules, extra, the highest potency, until they're out, call our number and you can get it. 877-627-5065. 877-627-5065. But I have something new. Um, this is not brand new. In fact, a little story. This is the cookbook. If you can see it here. See it there? This is the the Healing Foods Cookbook. Vegan recipes to heal and prevent diabetes, Alzheimer's, cancer, and more. And just the best, all these wonderful gourmet. These are all my gourmet dishes. So anyhow, uh, this I finished about five years ago. And I was going to do part two, but then my publisher said, that's going to be a thousand pages if you do that, combining the two, just do, do them separately. So I later did what you probably have, Curing the Incurable Cookbook. This preceded it. All right? Phenomenal recipes in here. And I've got a great offer for you. You get this cookbook, and you get the award-winning documentary, The Art of Healthy Cooking with America's Greatest Chef, David Boulay. Wonderful human being, he and his wife. You get both of those for only $29.95. You save $38. What is that? This 55 or 60% discount? So if you really care about food and want to make it exciting and interesting and easy and healing, guess what this has also? I have protocols in here. I have in-depth protocols, allergy protocols, immune protocols. Wow. All the different ingredients are here in the protocols. Uh, allergies, immune, brain health protocols, uh, cancer protocols. Let's see. Hmm. Cardiovascular protocols for your arteries and your heart. Diabetes protocols. Well, menopausal protocols. Obesity and weight management protocols. Pain protocols. Fatigue protocols. Yeah. All that is in this book, The Healing Foods Cookbook. So, you can call and get it. 877-627-5065. 877-627-5065. Or you can call Neil in our vitamin closet um, at... 646-926-5430. 646-926-5430. And uh, so these are the two things that we're offering today. And the supremacy, we also, the advanced supremacy that I'm discontinuing, I have on special discount. You, you can get it by itself, but you can also get it with other things. So that's our program for today. Um, sorry I didn't have time to go into more, but one other thing I'm going to deal with next week in depth. We have analyzed the Great Reset. It's not great for us, and but it's already in play. And they just finished their preliminary session in Dubai, Klaus Schwab, and the panel of these people who he brought together to tell us what we're going to have in store. Digitalization of our currency, so all cash and everything will be gone. That means they can control your bank account. 
They can control everything about you. And every single thing you do, they're going to know because they want to track you nonstop. They also want to get into transhumanism and be able to control your mind. Think not. We have the evidence. And they actually admitted this. I broadcast that on yesterday's show. So we have to push back on this and say no. My generation will push back. I'm not so certain about many of the younger generation who will just look at every convenience, line up for all night to get a new cell phone. So that'll be next week. Thank you all for listening and watching and have a nice day.